the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Like that feeling when you're so close enough to go back And all you really want is to be told that you're a good man By someone beautiful and she's pretty good at lying Cause you know all the things you've done now you day drunk at the airport bar Trying to make sense Of this hole that you so quickly dug yourself in If the girl is still alive You probably don't have long For her brother or her father Or cops The final boarding call You stumble onto the plane Vomit into the back Before you even hit the runway And ask yourself How it was possible To make this mistake Hey, hey, hey. I mean you're a good This is The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. You just heard the song Day Drunk at the Airport Bar from tonight's guest, Slow Bullet. That track was raw and gritty, and so is most of the music of Slow Bullet. And the lyrics cover a big range of topics. Sam DeBerg creates an unusual mix of music. It's vibrant, vulnerable, revealing, but masked and sometimes gentle, and often it's loud. Slow Bullet's debut full-length is excellent and ended up on my long list for the top 10 releases of 2016. Sam previously recorded under the name Spider Mansion, and I'm going to air a number of tracks from those earlier days. Sam also joined me for a talk to explain how his music can be totally contradictory, unique, and why it's so interesting. Before that talk comes the Spider Mansion song, four times in one week. Enjoy this.
doors of the hospital And every night I watch it play out It's slowly time And as it waves goodbye It reflects in the puddles on the Sam DeBerg is the creative force behind Slow Bullet, and he's here with The Antidote. Thanks for coming for a talk, Sam. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. The name Slow Bullet, that's a new label for you, since you used to go by Spider Mansion. It's sort of like you moved from Halloween to The Matrix. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and why the switch? Um, Spider Mansion, I think, I started it, uh, when I was 17 years old, and um, I think putting out my first LP on a label, um, I think there was just sort of a need for maybe like a restart, a rebranding, if you want to call it. I mean, I think that's dumb, but if you want to call it that, whatever. Um, and uh, I think it was kind of kind of time. The songs I was writing were different, um, and kind of the whole vision behind the project was different. So we just went ahead and renamed it and uh, took the first step as Slow Bullet. So with Spider Mansion being started when you were 17, you've now hit the ripe old age of what? Uh, I'm 21 now. So So you're definitely over the hill. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, maybe my best creative years are behind me at this That's point. That's it, we'll man. <laughs> it's, it's a downward spiral from now on. 
That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that Slow Bullet is a solo effort with you doing everything, but have there ever been times where you'd like to pull in other members to help out? Um, I could see myself maybe doing the band thing a couple of years down the road. Um, I think as long as I, uh, as long as I have the songs in me, I'd like to do it myself. Um, but I'm definitely not opposed to, you know, at some time and place, maybe opening up the idea of a band. Um, but no, I think, uh, as far as right now, I think I, I, I'm really sort of into the idea of, um, creating and, and, uh, sort of authoring it all myself. I think that's been really fun and unique process. Well, I know doing it as a solo artist, some musicians are concerned when they pull in other band members that they sort of lose control of their own music. Yeah, that's definitely uh, what I've heard. And I've played in other bands and side projects and stuff. And uh, I still sort of need to work on that chemistry and that magic of being able to collaborate with other people. So like I said, I think as long as I'm at my best sort of doing the solo thing, I'm going to do that. But I'm not opposed to the idea for sure. Here it is, Cursed from Spider Mansion. The first time Adam knew that he was naked In a moment of dream like embarrassment He runs behind a tree And then you, you popped out screaming from your mother's womb And you watched your parents fall out of love consequently speaking about spider mansion and i guess this question is going to take us back to those days because i guess at some point every musician wants to start recording and have people hear their music when did that all begin for you um i started sort of just recording stuff at home i think from a really really young age i've been into writing you know whether it's poetry or, or songs um or prose or whatever so so i had all these songs and and um Probably around 15, 16, 17, um, I just started dabbling in, just recording stuff onto a computer or a phone and that kind of thing. And uh, I put out a good number of, of EPs, you know, just crappy stuff, like pure volume stuff or whatever, through stuff I just recorded on my computer. Um, so I'm not really, like, super learned on the recording side of things, but I did my best, as you can imagine, you know, just being a kid in my basement. So. Oh, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's a place to start. 
Wasn't that what Al City did out of the basement of his parents' home? Yeah, I'm not positive about Al City, but I know that uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of kids do that, and you know who knows, it could turn into a really cool thing. From the Spider Mansion release, "We'll Get There," comes the song "On Your Street in the Middle of the Night."
Sam DeBerg must have heard me saying this when I accidentally melted a vinyl record. Enjoy, which sucks, because I really like that record. From Spider Mansion. Is it important for you to be a musician, Sam? Like, is there something that you're trying to achieve? Um, it's funny. I, I think that uh, I was thinking about this the other day in a conversation with somebody. I think that um, there are certain people that just have um, have the necessity to write and express themselves, and and um, I think that's always how I've been as a person. I think uh, whether I played in a band or not. And whether I had the opportunity to put out records or not, I think I would be writing and creating. And I think that's uh, that's just my disposition. You know, I write a little bit every day, and 98% of it doesn't turn into slow bullet or anything. You know, but uh, just sort of that's the way that I perceive the world. You know, it's it makes life easier for me to be able to put it out there in my journal and 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 write out thoughts and write out poems and and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, I think I think that musicianship is a great medium for it. Um, but I think kind of regardless, I would find myself going down these creative paths because that's just uh, it's my disposition, you know. Slow Bullet moved from being independent to signing with Blood and Ink Records for your latest release, still close enough to go back. Was that a tough decision to make? Um, I don't think so. I wrote some songs and Daniel contacted me and wanted to put them out. And I, it was a very organic process. Um, you know, it wasn't something that I overthought. Like I said, I, w- I would have these songs anyway, you know, so getting the chance to, to put them out with a label, uh, with a roster that I really like and with a great guy like Daniel White uh, has been cool. It was really organic. It wasn't, uh, wasn't really a tough call.
while talking about your songs. You know, I've already found that the songs of Slow Bullet are really dark. And I guess since lyrics are a reflection of the songwriter, it really leaves me wondering if there's any bright times in your life. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Um, from a young age, I think I've really been able to capture uh, the necessity for for expressing that kind of thing i've been able to capture that in song um and i think that that actually allows for my personal life and my social life and what have you to be uh to be a, a pretty positive and normal thing um i don't uh i'm not really like a brooding kind of guy i'm not necessarily overly emotional in real life um i think that getting to channel that stuff through the music um is sort of the only outlet i need um so everything else can be pretty normal so i think there are there are plenty of bright spots uh on a daily basis here so so if you're a poet, you wouldn't be trying to emulate Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> no, definitely not in the lifestyle aspect by any means. So how much of Still Close Enough to Go Back is written from your own personal experience? Um, so, so the first song and the last song, kind of intentionally, um, are about me and my, my personal experience. Um, and everything in between is kind of a big stew of, uh, of personal things and, and stories of other people and some some fiction um, and some stories uh, of real people that I know and things that they've gone through. So it, it, it all sort of goes through the filter of maybe the way that I perceive the world. Um, but, but definitely that first and that last track are uh, more coming from a personal, literal standpoint.
let us not grow weary in doing good. The first of the bookends of the Slow Bullet album, still close enough to go back. And here's the album's closing track, Man is Born for Trouble, as the sparks fly upward. I'm Sam DeBerg, and you're listening to Slow Bullet on The Antidote. impactful songs for me is Forgive Yourself. Can you share about what brought that song out? Yeah. Um, that one's interesting because uh, it, it might have more of of a personal angle than a lot of the other songs um, on the record. I think that I'm really fascinated by the idea of having to forgive yourself because I think that, that half the time it's very, very difficult um, whether you feel wrecked with guilt or shame for things you've done. Um, but half the time, I think that it's it's really, really easy. Um, and, and there's a line in the song, it's too easy to forgive myself because I've done it a thousand times. I think that I don't really have any trouble forgiving myself most of the time um, because I, I can I can do shameful things in life. And a lot of times I don't feel guilty for them, you know? And, and I think that sometimes, uh, you know, you look yourself in the mirror and you realize you've, you've sort of turned into this maybe hard-hearted person that you didn't want to be. Um, and it's because I think it 
it's not as hard to forgive yourself for a lot of things uh, as people might make it seem, you know, in the movies or whatever. Um, so the song comes from that, that angle, definitely an, an introspective thing, you know, and I, I want to ask myself all the time, like, is it way, way too easy for me to forgive myself for the, the wrong things that I've done? You know, I don't want to become desensitized to that as a person. And so forgiving yourself a thousand times, meaning it's a repeating sequence of what's going on. But how do you change from that? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think that for me, I, I want to look into myself as often as possible and really, really practically think about how the words I say and the things that I do affect the people around me. There's sort of a big theme across the record about family um, and uh, marriage and divorce and, and children and stuff like that. And I think that uh, the reason being that your family is sort of the best gauge to use when you're thinking about um, how you treat other people. You know, not everyone has a, has a family that they're close with um, or that's still together. Um, but, but if you do, I think you're able to look at your family over the years and see how you treat your mom and see how you treat your dad and see how you treat your siblings. And, and that's a great indicator of how you are as a person, you know, on a daily basis. Um, and, and that plays into the forgive yourself thing too. Um, so I, I really want to be intentional with how I treat other people. And, and uh, you know, sometimes I notice those bad habits and I think that's where maybe some of those darker themes come from. Rejoice is a word for new home suburbs Or cops with perfect comb-overs At the community dinner It's a black and white hand shaking In front of the church cut ribbon With a brand new city and the sky The song order of an album is usually quite intentional. That makes me curious as to whether you were searching for a redeeming moment by having What a Friend follow the song Eating Puke, a song that talks about being hypocritical. Yeah, um, I think that's up to the listener to take it how they want, and if, if that's a redeeming moment for them, um, then I think that's great. That wasn't my intention. Um, I think that including that excerpt from What a Friend We Have in Jesus, um, is more meant to serve as a prelude to the, the song Penance that comes after rather than um, as the, the closer for Eating Puke. Um, but I think it fits with the record in sort of an ironic way. 
um, there's a lot on the record about trials and suffering and, and the difficulty of life on earth. And I think that um, there's a line in that hymn that I never was quite sure if I believed or not. Um, it's, it's, oh, what needless pain we bear um, because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. And I think that um, I've noticed over the course of my life that I, I carry things to God in prayer and I still feel pain about them, you know? And, um, and so I think that that was maybe not meant to be as, as redemptive as um, maybe sort of another dark introspective look into yourself and what you believe. But again, it's 100% up to the listener to, to take it how they will. So I have to let you know that the songwriter of What a Friend We Have in Jesus is buried probably five or six kilometers from my house. Really? Southern Ontario. Talk to God today. I told him I promise that I am done watching pornography. But here I am again, home all alone. And I think that I was probably overreacting. And I saw your dad today. Made small talk and pick and save And I told him I was praying For you and your family And the truth is that I hate All your guts more than I could say But I saved those words for later Let them stir behind my teeth was taking a guess that you'd already finished your dinner because that was eating puke from Slow Bullet. Now we're going to take you back to your days in Sunday school. You'll remember singing this. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs Peace we often forfeit. 
You were talking about penance. You don't hear people speaking about penance. Obviously, that's an older word. Maybe right. you should share about that song. Yeah, um, I'm sort of endlessly fascinated by um, religious imagery, and maybe specifically Christian imagery, um, and, and maybe maybe from the Catholic or, or evangelical faiths, um, because you know that, that's what I come from, and uh, and so stuff like that kind of goes goes a really long way for me, whether it's in um, novels or films or music. And uh, I, uh, at the time, I was really fascinated with this idea of penance, of paying for your sins um, and, and, and being forgiven for the things that you've done wrong. Um, and the way that it fits into the song is um, very similar to, to the inclusion of what a friend we have in Jesus. It's, uh, it's this idea that I can go to a priest and I can confess my sins and I can pay for them and I can do what it takes to make things right. But that's not going to make my life any better on the outside. And, uh, and you know, and that, and that might just be my personal experience. And, and, you know, depending on what you believe about God in the world, you may have a different experience. Um, but I'm really fascinated by this idea that uh, the good that we do, it doesn't bring about blessings in our life in some superstitious way. You know, you can make penance for your sin or you can keep committing sin um, and you're still going to suffer. Um, and I think that that was sort of my thought process. Uh, when writing that song. And I think those three songs, Eating Puke and What a Friend and, and Penance sort of fit together in this, as this sort of middle section of the record um, that, that deals heavily in that religious imagery.
Well, since the music of Slow Bullet is written from a Christian perspective, would you ever think that your music could make some Christians uncomfortable? Um, I think so, probably. Um, well, I guess the other question is then, is it intentional to make them uncomfortable? I mean, it's definitely definitely not intentional. I don't, I don't sit down to write anything hoping for one reaction or another from, from any person. Um, but, you know, I could see how, how maybe a more traditional or conservative Christian um, individual might have a different worldview than what's expressed in the songs, and I think that that's fine. Um, I definitely come from a more contemplative place, and, and it's never really been enough for me to say, this is God, this is who he is, this is true of him, and this is how it's always going to go. Um, you know, I, I, I dig deeper into things, and I'm more contemplative about it. Um, and if that makes people uncomfortable, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. You know, it's not my intention. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to happen in art, you know. I love that answer because it was so political. You would make a great politician. Yeah, I don't know. In this day and age, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but I appreciate it. <laughs> no, we're not going to get into American politics, are we? Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> I did mention before about Still Close Enough to Go Back. It's short. It's a full length, but it's quite short. I mean, just over 28 minutes for 11 songs. Does making a brief song make it more impactful than a long track? Um. I don't know if it's necessarily as cut and dry as that, um, but I think it certainly could be. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I shudder at the thought of ever writing a song or a record um, just to be different or just to um, maybe fit in with a mold. Um, so uh, what I mean by that is I, I kind of write the songs that I write, and uh, as they come out, um, that's how I track them, and that's sort of how they're released. Um, and I, I definitely thought about that. I thought, you know, it's a short record, and some of the songs are short, um, but that's just how they came out, you know, and I would feel um, like a little lack of integrity maybe if I went into the studio and extended parts just so that uh, so it could be longer. I think, um, you know, I want it to really just be as genuine and natural as it comes out. Um, and if that, you know, to your point, if that helps it to be more resonant with the listener, I think that's great. I like short things. Personally, I like it when a band doesn't play too long. I like it when a movie doesn't um, drone on too long. Um, I like to be able to sort of take it and, and leave it and collect my thoughts about it. So, Sam DeBert gives an unusual perspective on love on Slow Bullet's Love Song. These days when you touch me I close my
talking about your style, you draw in quite a variety. I mean, some are quite mellow, slow-paced, acoustic, and others are getting really hard-hitting. Where does your music background come from? Um, I, uh, I, I like to listen to a lot of everything, and I think that um, I hope that that sort of reveals itself in, in the music. Um, it was definitely intentional with this record to, uh, to not write, you know, 11 songs that sound the same. Um, and there's always a danger with that, that you'll come up with a finished product that doesn't feel cohesive. Um, but I think that I would so much rather, um, the cohesion between my songs be in the subject matter and in the lyrics, um, and in the general tone and feeling rather than the music. Um, cause I think that, Man, if I have an opportunity to go into a studio and create a record and, and come out with a finished product, I want it to uh, showcase a variety of things, and I want it to be fun to listen to and, and sort of fresh with every song. It's interesting with your album, still close enough to go back. It's full of doubts, fears, pain, questions, and there's not too many answers. So what do you want your listeners to draw from the album? Uh, I, think that, I think that questioning in itself can be an okay thing. Um, and I think that people sort of learning that and, and whether it's a young person who was raised in the church or somebody who's um, maybe a little bit older and has made up their mind about more things, I think that you shouldn't be afraid to question. I think that can be a valuable thing. So so I don't think that um, those questions necessarily merit an answer in order to be complete. I think that the concept of questioning and learning to um, be okay with questioning uh, can sort of be a lesson and an answer in itself, you know, and I'm also, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the listeners sort of creating their own answers if, if that's what they want to do. Um, you know, I'm not here to tell you how to feel about certain things. I, I don't like it when my favorite film directors or, or artists, um, spoil their, their music with, uh, with a one-sided interpretation. You know, I think that that's the beauty of putting something out into the world is that people can take it and go whatever direction they want with it, you know? Then for you as an artist, would you say that there's one song from Slow Bullet that really defines who you are as a musician? Um, that's a tough question. I, uh, I, I really like the record and the LP as a whole, not, not specifically meaning this LP still close enough to go back, but the concept of, of an LP sort of uh, being able to define a band maybe rather than a song. Because um, I think all the songs are so different. I mean, there are some on the record that I like more than others, for sure. But I'd say, uh, you know, the record's, what, 28 minutes? I mean, you know, maybe if you have 28 minutes to, to listen to it, maybe you can let that sort of be its own thing rather than an individual song. You know, I think that that, that might speak a little bit more, if that makes sense. Sure, we'll just pretend it's one entire prog rock song. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Found, but look at all 
kids Pathetic and embarrassing In a brand new age of medicine Where you don't have to die But he's ready Oh, I bet he's ready He's tired of school going another of the tracks from the slow bullet album still close enough to go back i really go for this release i love how it's lo-fi and has that wide range in style but you know it's the lyrics that really make it outstanding more great music is coming to the antidote over the next few weeks i've met with a ton of artists for a talk about their music like lift the way and their pop rock ep grace his son Lee will come to share about how being an Asian-American woman makes her an oddity in the rap scene. Ontario's own FM Reset bring their upcoming pop release, The Way Home. And I'm debating about putting an explicit rating on next week's episode of The Antidote. Because the German punk band Praiser, they love dumping on every social issue they can find, but their language in their songs isn't always really nice and polite. So you've been forewarned. But I guess we need to finish this week's show with Sam DeBerg and Slow Bullet bringing our last song, The Fiscal Year. See you next week. What do you see happening in the future then for Slow Bullet? Um, well, like I said, I, I'm writing every day and uh, I, I'm going to keep putting out collections of songs that hopefully are very um, organic and genuine reflection of sort of the things that are going on in my head. And I... I uh, you know, I hope that people are able to find themselves in that. Um, and if not, you know, that's something that I need to do for myself, you know. So I'm going to I'm gonna keep doing what I do and, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> Sam, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming to The Antidote and sharing about Slow Bullet. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the thoughtful questions, man. I appreciate it. Did you ever think in our live in a loveless house like this? When I put that ring on your finger With the highest hopes of idealistic youth I've revealed the numbers from the past year But something just won't add up I need a little more for myself
house like this When I put that ring on your finger With the highest hopes of ideas